morning, church. How's everyone doing? There we go. Well, while I get this set up, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Justin and I am the kids pastor here. And so normally, I'm speaking to kids and not adults, which means that they're talking when I'm talking. And so, what I ask is during this time, to uh, if you hear something you like or if there's something that uh, that piques your interest then I, I would encourage you to 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 say something or say yes say amen do something you know make it a little bit more more out there you know someone on the last service told me I had a nice shirt I really appreciated that so um, and so um, I'm excited uh, to be with everybody uh, here as we start a new sermon series. But before we actually start that, I do have a question for everybody here. And that is, does anyone want a Sunday? I have a, a Sunday here. You know, a lot of people are raising their hands. I really appreciate all of everybody here, you know. I did handpick somebody, and that's Devin. So, Devin, come on up here. Um, so I have a nice big bowl of, of ice cream. And um, it has, you know, chocolate sauce. It's got some sprinkles. It has a maraschino cherry. Fun fact, those were invented in Oregon. If anybody didn't know that, they're invented in Oregon. Okay, so go ahead and take a great big bite of that and uh, let me know how it tastes. I made it with love. Uh, no. Mm -mm, mm -mm, no. There you go. Yeah, go ahead and take a big bite of that. How does that taste? You gonna go for another bite? Oh, like a bowl of trust issues. A bowl of trust issues. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You don't have to eat the rest. You want? You want the rest? Anybody? No. Okay. Well, uh, so it didn't taste good, right? It it didn't taste good. You know, Mark did it last service. It didn't taste good for you either. And and so this brings us to our sermon series for the next few weeks, and that is counterfeits. Nah, there's the aha moment right there, right? 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 And, and so, and, yeah, and so, um, and so, right, a counterfeit is, some, is something intentionally created to look authentic. And so this Sunday, right, looked authentic. It looked like it had vanilla ice cream. It looked like it had chocolate sauce, but was it actually vanilla ice cream? No. No, right? <laughs> Believe it or not, actually, uh, this random company decided to make Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream. Um, and so, if anybody wants to, Devin, if you want to blame somebody for that, uh, Travis gave it to me, okay? And so, right? And, and so, right, a, a counterfeit is something, right? It is something that is created intentionally to look authentic. And so this Sunday looked authentic, but on, the, but on deeper inspection, or taste for some people, um, it was a counterfeit Sunday. It was a bad Sunday, something you don't want. And, and so let's think about this in terms of our Christian lives. You know, sometimes we might fall for counterfeits in our lives, that, that, that we try to fill the void that, that, that we have that only Jesus can fill. And so, so maybe we look towards, um, look, look towards sex or, or, or drugs or, or food or, or we put all our faith and trust in, in a couple football teams, right? But we realize that none of those will actually fill the void that we have that only Jesus, right, can fill. 
And so today we're actually going to be in the book of Philippians in, in chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, which I hope that you do, go ahead and, and open them to, to chapter 4. Um, if, you, if you don't, pull out your phone, do that. I'm not sure if Android has the Bible app, but I know iPhone does, okay? And so, right there. Oh, it does? Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. That was just an Android joke. I knew they had it, okay? And so, um, and so a little bit of background on, on the book of Philippians here. Paul wrote, uh, wrote this letter. He, he wrote it to, to the church at, at Philippi. And this city was very important because it connected the eastern provinces to Asia, okay? And, and so everybody that, that went from, from um, the eastern had to go through to get to Rome. And, and so there was a giant highway that ran right through the middle of the city, which means there's many different people, many different cultures, and many different religions at that time that traveled through that city, which meant when Paul wrote this letter to that church, it was in a city full of counterfeits. There's a bunch of of different things there. And so we're going to start in, in, in verse number four. And so this is what verse number four says. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And so that's it for the sermon today. Thank you so much for being here. Um, <laughs> That was easy on my part, right? And, and so, no, I'm just kidding. But, but Paul starts this, this chapter off with a command to, to rejoice in the Lord always. And if we look on, on a deeper inspection of what's happening to Paul at this time, is it, he is in prison. And, and, and he's not letting a circumstance or, 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 or shackles or, or chains, right, get in the way of him preaching Jesus to those that need it, right? He wasn't letting his circumstance get in the way. And, and he, he managed to find true joy in the Lord by delighting in the things that God delights in. And, and so you see, we condition our hearts for joy. And the reason I say this is, is that um, joy is, 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 is a response, right? It's not something that we just wake up and we choose, hey, I'm going to be joyful today no matter what. As much as we want to do that, that's not always possible, because situations change in, in throughout, our, throughout our day, right? We can get coffee spilled on ourselves. That just wouldn't be fun, right? We could eat gross ice cream like Devin had to do, right? Your joy is now sadness or disgust, right? And, and so things change in our lives. And so when those situations occur to us, if our hearts are loving the right things, we'll find the right kind of joy no matter what's happening in our lives. How do we set our hearts on the right things, the things that God wants us to in a world full of counterfeits? Well, lucky for you, Paul points out uh, four different ways to find true joy in the Lord. And, and all of these, what I want you to get out of all four of these is that they all four talk about an interactive, intimate, and deep relationship with God. And so, to, and so the, the easy way, the easy answer to this is four ways to find, we can sum it up in one way, and that is to be close to the Lord. It's to draw close to the Lord. And so if, if, you're, if you're a note taker, you're welcome. You get to write down some things for these four. And so um, we are going to go ahead and get started with the first way that, that Paul talks about that, and that is by prayer, okay? And so let's keep reading here. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul talks about how we need to, with prayer and petition, 
present our requests to God. And so, what Paul and, and, and what, what, what Jesus and, and, and is, is trying to instruct us to do is that we need to pray daily. And so if we look all throughout Scripture, there are 650 prayers listed in the Bible. 25 of those prayers are directly from Jesus during his earthly ministry. And, and 41 of those 650 are from Paul and his letters the different churches. And so if, if prayer is mentioned this much all throughout scripture, then we have to make it a daily occurrence, right? Prayer is direct communication with God. It draws us close to the Lord. And if we want to grow close to the Lord and we want to, we want to find true joy in the Lord, then, then, then we need to come to him daily. We need to confess our sins and we need to, we need to give him the right praise. We need to seek his, his will. Right? So, so prayer is designed in a way to help us rely on God when, when situations get, get, get tough or hard. And, and what, what the greatest thing about prayer is, is that because of Jesus' death on the cross, we can have the full assurance that we can go directly to the Father in prayer. And so, Jesus doesn't just give us this, this command to, to pray. Instead, he gives us a model on how to pray, right? And that's in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, you've probably um, heard this one before, the, the, the Lord's Prayer, as they, as they call it. So um, if you'd like to read it with us, feel free to. Hint, hint, please read it with us. Okay, ready? And our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom comes. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debtors, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Right? And so, so Jesus starts this model off with, with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He, he talks about who, uh, wh whom we are to pray to. We're to pray to the one true God, the living God who leads and, and guides us. And, and it continues by saying that we need to freely bring our needs to him. And, and this could be anything from daily provisions to, to forgiveness or even strength in times of, of temptation. And Jesus mentions that we need to give right praise to God and give credit to his kingdom and power. That's what prayer is about. That's why we go to, G, that's why we go to God in prayer. And so I want you to think about this in another way. I want you to think, how many times do you sit in a day? Maybe you, 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 know, you, you guys are all sitting, so you sat to, to get into church today, right? Or maybe this morning you, you sat and you had coffee with, when you had your time with the Lord, or, or, or you sit at the office, or you sit at home to watch uh, football games later today, right? What, what if we did the same with prayer? What if we took the amount of time that we sat and we compared it with the amount of time that we prayed. What would it look like if the world all, all, all got on their, on their hands and knees in, in, in full submission to the Lord, prayed for the people around us? What would the world look like if, if we were on our knees in full submission to the Lord, praying for our lost brothers and sisters around us? What would the world look like? I guarantee that it would probably look like a different place than we're, than we're in right now. And so each section, I'm going to end with a challenge. And so this, this one I'm going to end with is, is seek the, uh, the Lord daily in prayer. Or pray daily. 
Seek him often and, and, and continuously. He wants to hear our needs and wants. He wants to have a relationship with you. And, and th- think about the person that, that um, you, you may have brought to church with you. If it was a one-sided conversation, you probably would never want to have that relationship in the first place. It'd be really tough. Well, God wants a relationship with us, so that means we need to have it a two-sided conversation. We need to come with him in prayer because he speaks with you, right? And so he wants, us to, to, he wants to guide us through this, this sinful life, but we must choose, right, to, to, to come to him constantly. It looks like we have a little spoiler alert for the next one. So um, the next one here, right, is, is a personal quiet time. And so let's keep reading here. It says, uh, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And so Paul urges the church, right, to think of things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, or excellent or praiseworthy, right? And so, so Paul was able to do this, and he actually says that, that, that whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, he was able to do this because he knew the power of Scripture in his life. He knew that in order to think of those things, he had to write his mind daily with the Lord. And so scripture, scripture is important because it shows us who God is. And, and you see, Scripture has creation at the beginning, eternal life at the end, and Jesus right there in the middle. And it even says in, in, in uh, 2 Timothy 3, it says this about Scripture. It says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And so our goal, right, is, is to look like Jesus. And Jesus was the perfect son of God, and, and we're far from perfect. And, and we have to read in Scripture to, daily to ensure that we're writing our minds and that we're making sure that we fight back against whatever the enemy is going on, whatever the enemy is, is against the enemy's schemes. And, and so I want to explain this in, in, in another way. And, and so when I wrote my, um, when I wrote my, my sermon, I was originally going to talk about Jesus' temptation in the desert, and then Jay stole it and talked about it last week. And so, um, for those of you that weren't here, quick little recap, Jesus went in the desert, he was tempted, and Jesus responded the same way each time. This is what he responded with. He responded with, it is written. Jesus knew the power that scripture had over the devil. I, I hope you guys realize that, that the Bible that you have is the most powerful weapon on the entire planet. Amen. It's the most powerful weapon. And, and, and we are constantly at war inside of our minds. And if we're not reading daily, if we're not making sure that we know who God is and what his promises are, then we are not able to fight back against what the enemy is trying to tell us in the first place. It's the most dangerous tool we have. And and without scripture, we would not understand why Jesus needed to come. We wouldn't understand um, our sinful nature. We We would be lost in this world not knowing which way to go. So my challenge for this section, it's, you can probably guess what it is, but it is to spend time daily in the word. Spend time in the word daily. 
And so I guarantee that, that if you do this, you will see a change in your life. The Bible is powerful and we need to be prepared. And I guarantee that if you ask anybody here that reads their Bible, you, they, they will tell you that they've seen a change in their life. That they've been, that they've been able to, to, to see God in new ways, that they've been able to grow close to the Lord. And so we, f- we have to fully be prepared and ready for that. And so that leads us to, to our, our third point here. And the third way to find joy in the Lord is through community. And so let's keep reading here. It says, As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. And so if we first look at this, it seems like a financial passage, and that is what it's talking about. But in order for Paul to receive the, the, the financial help, he first had to establish community with, with, uh, with the churches, right? And, and so it, it's, you know, as Christians, we weren't meant to do this life alone. It's all throughout scripture. It says that, and, and, and the devil loves nothing more than to take somebody without community and make them feel so alone and so distant that they sinfully seek the community that we all desperately need. And so it even says that Adam wasn't alone. And God said in Genesis 2.18, this is what he said. He said, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper who is just right for him. And so God deemed it necessary for Adam to not be alone. And therefore, thousands of years later, we were called to band together. And Jesus even had a group of, of 12 disciples Being a part of a community provides us with a much-needed feeling of belonging. It can empower us when we're going through tough times. And it can help develop and and grow us into godly men and women. And and so my challenge for this section is, is to join a life group. We have many different life groups here. And, and, and all of them want to grow with you. They all want to develop you and, and help you grow in, into godly men and women. They want to create a safe place that, that, that you know, we're all going through struggles, right? And, and we can all come to our life groups and be, have an open space, have a family that we can do that. And you can even go a step further and find a group of godly friends that you can, that you can come to on a weekly basis or text on a daily basis. And you can, you can, you can talk all about you know, what's going on in your life and, and they can help you walk through, they can challenge you in, in new ways. And so if you don't have community or, or you don't know what that looks like in your life, then any of the pastors would be willing to help you find that, that, that sort of community. But... Again, just like I said earlier, the devil loves nothing more than to make you feel so alone and so distant that you sinfully seek the community. It's a find a community. Whatever that may look like, find that community. So that leads us to our final point, and then Paul talks about salvation. So let's keep reading here. It says, At the moment I have all that I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you send me. They are sweet-smelling sacrifices, acceptable and pleasing to God. And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us 
in Christ Jesus. So again, this is talking about more about finances and giving, right? But what I want you to get at is the very, very end, it says, it says that God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. And so at the root of whatever we need, at the root of, of everything in our life is a personal relationship with Jesus. Paul needed that, and we need Jesus. And, and it, we aren't born perfect. It says in Romans 6.23 that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Meaning that when God created the world, he made everything perfect. Everything was perfect down to the smallest uh, of details. Even the first two humans were made perfect in, in, in God's image. And they were instructed to follow the Lord, but, the, but they chose to disobey God. And the moment they disobeyed God, sin had entered the world, and everything changed at that point. The way that they saw each other completely changed. They were now naked and humiliated. The way they saw the world changed because now it was broken. The way they saw God completely changed because of the relationship that they so had was now broken and fractured. Everything changed because of that decision, and sin had made its way into the world. But God knew all of this and he, and he had a solution to that. And we have an amazing God who sent his only son, Jesus, who is fully human and, and, and fully God, who, who came down to earth to live with God's creation. However, he was different from us, right? He was perfect. He never made mistakes. Even at times of temptation and sickness, which is what Jay was talking about last week, right, with, the, with him in the desert, he, he remained pure and perfect. He challenged people to think in, in, in new ways, to love all people, even their enemies. And the, relig the religious leaders at that time didn't like that, and they sentenced him to die the most painful death on the cross, a death that would change the world. And so three days later after his death, God raised Jesus from the dead, proving that death can be defeated and that we can be back into a relationship with God that was broken so long ago when Adam and Eve ate from that fateful tree. Because of Jesus' death on the cross, nothing will separate us from the loving and healing power that the Lord brings to our lives. Nothing you do, nothing you say can ever take you away from Jesus. Because Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, took the consequences of our sins. And with Jesus', without, with Jesus without Jesus' death on the cross, you know, we would be eternally separated from God in a real place, real place called hell. But with Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we, we can be eternally, we can live with God in a real place called heaven. And, and let me tell you, I just finished up a, a really in-depth study on Revelation, and heaven is not something you want to miss. It's amazing. Jesus transforms lives. He, he, he transformed mine. You guys heard my story a couple months ago. Right? I went from death to life. You can ask anybody here that Jesus has transformed their life in miraculous and amazing ways. And so maybe you walked in here today and, and, and you are feeling like you're missing something. You, you're, maybe you're not whole. Maybe, maybe you're, you haven't given your life to Christ. I urge you today to make that decision because that's the best decision that you can ever make. And so that leads us to our connection point for today. And that is, true joy is found in Christ alone. <laughs> true joy is found in Christ alone. 
in a world full of counterfeits, the only joy that we can ever get, true joy, is from being close in an intimate relationship with God. And, and, and without the connection to Christ, which is the source of our power, right, we will be, will be fruitless, right? If, if, if we were to pray infrequently or read, um, uh, or, or read only occasionally and worship um, irregularly or half-heartedly, then we won't bear much fruit. And it's not surprising that many Christians who don't spend time growing close to the Lord will not experience true joy in their life. And so, I want to do something, uh, actually, first of all, I, w- I want to read a verse from, from Psalm um, 16, uh, 11, which says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So I would encourage you to, to, to memorize that verse and know that you can find true joy being close to the Lord. And so I want to do something a little bit, a little bit different as we close today. If you're in here today and you're like, man, I have not, I have not prayed in weeks. I, I have not talked to the Lord. I, I only pray when I'm at church or at life group and I, I just, I feel disconnected from him in that way. Then I would encourage you in this next little bit of time just to, just to get on your knees and pray. You don't have to get on your knees. You can stay in your chair if you'd like to. But spend that time, spend that time in prayer. Or, or maybe you're here and you're like, I have, I have not opened my Bible in, in months. I only read what's on the screen. I, I, don't, I, I don't have my own Bible reading plan. I, I don't know what that looks like. Then I encourage you to open up your Bible and let the Holy Spirit guide you. Pray over that scripture. Even if it's one verse, pray over that scripture. Get some time in the word. Or maybe you came in here today and you, you're, you're have, there's something heavy on your heart and, and you feel alone and you feel distant and you don't know exactly what that means. That I encourage you just to, to, to get up and go find somebody. Find somebody that you know or find somebody you don't know. Make a new friend and, and give them a hug. Pray with them. Maybe read together, right? Maybe in here and, and you say, hey, I... I've not given my life to Christ. I don't know what that looks like. I'm scared. I, 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 I don't know what to do. And if that's you here today, then, then I would encourage you to just come to him in prayer and, and ask for him into your heart. Make that decision today. And, and, and so what's going to happen is, is, is the band's going to play quietly for about 45 to 60 seconds. And I don't want you to, and, and I want you to spend that time doing what you need to with the Lord. Don't pass up this moment. Don't walk out these doors without first doing business with God. And so I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna get into that time. Feel free to move around and find somebody, find some community if you need that, okay? So I'm gonna go and pray for us. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just love you, Lord. And, and, and we know, Lord, that, that you are calling us into a, a deeper and active relationship with you. And Lord, I pray that if anyone in here is, it feels distant from you or, or has, has not, you know, has not done, you know, has not read and has not prayed and has not found community, Lord, then I pray that they would, they would do that today, that they would find that today. Lord, you want us 
And we love you, Lord. I pray that if anybody in here uh, does not have a personal relationship with you, Lord, that they would come to know you, that they would come to put your faith, that they would come to put their faith and trust in you, Lord. And we lift you up, Lord, and we just pray all this in your name. Amen.